Hey, thanks for tuning in into the City Life Church podcast. We are a church in San Francisco and we exist so that people that are far from God, we encounter his presence and experience the life that only Christ offers. We pray that this word will challenge you and encourage you in your walk of faith with Jesus. What a joy for us. Debbie and I were just even reminiscing about the the, just the different milestones in the, this church's history that we've been just so blessed to be a part of. Uh, uh, the, the fir- I remember David and the keyboards, you know, on that first meeting, you know, just kind of uh, playing worship and, and what a privilege it was to be there. We, I remember the, the old building, uh, painting the floors red, and it's it just like I, you, you're cleaning up everything, setting up chairs just before the, the service. It's like moments like that are just such a privilege uh, for the team that serves. And uh, man, they're, they're just, it's just been such a privilege to be here. Uh, we're friends with so many, uh, and know so many, and so many new faces, so exciting to, to see too. Thank you for this opportunity, man. Love you guys. Love you guys like family. I, I, it just, uh, my people are asking even earlier, you know, just what happened to my foot. About six weeks ago, I, it all started with, I was talking to my son and he was, uh, he was saying here in the States, you know, if you, if you hurt yourself and you call an ambulance, it costs a thousand dollars. They charge you a thousand dollars to pick you up, you know? And it was like, you know, for me, it's just like, man, that's like 5,000 of our dollars. And I'm just, I, I'm just like, no, that can't be even true. And you know, it's true. And, and, and you know, they're just having that conversation. Well, about five weeks ago, uh, I don't know, how many of you guys remember my son, Justin? He was a, a part of this church here for a little bit. So Justin's with us in Brazil. And uh, he dropped his son off for the first time for us to babysit while he went and ministered at a, at a, at a service. And so we were all excited. Debbie, Debbie especially just loves them really small. I, I, I love them when they're small, but I like it when they can talk and we can, oh man, I, I, I like that. And so Debbie's like this. And as Justin was leaving the, uh, uh, our, our house, uh, we have a Rottweiler, a big, heavy Rottweiler. And he was way up at the street. We have this long driveway uh, that, that goes downhill. And he was barking and stuff, and Debbie's like, Debbie's like, go call, call Jack. Jack's our dog's name, you know, call Jack. And, and I was on the phone doing, doing a thing, and, and, and so I'm outside, and I'm Jack. Well, Jack thinks I'm calling him for dinner. And Jack, he's only two and a half years old, and he loves dinner. He loves his dinner. And so he came screaming down the, the driveway. I'm on the phone dealing with some, something heavy. And, and so I kind of step out of the way, what I think is out of the way. Well, Jack takes a curve a, a little wide. And just immediately, man, he just, he just clipped me right there down. I don't know if you've ever broken anything. And then just immediately, you feel this thing that's just flopping around. <laughs> and so it just immediately in my head, I'm thinking, oh, man, how much is this going to cost? It's like, I, I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks this way. It's just like, like, yeah, there's pain. And I'm thinking, okay, and my leg was folded back and everything. And I was like going, I bet you I get 50% off if I straighten it. <laughs> and so I, I, and I'm thinking, you know, when you get hit like that, you know, after a while, it just starts swelling. And so I'm thinking, well, now's the time. And so I, I straighten out my leg, right? And everything, everything from the ankle down is still flopping, you know? And then it kicks into my head, I'm gonna have to pay a thousand bucks. And I'm like, 
the Holy Spirit just gave me a Holy Spirit idea. You ever watch those movies, those army movies where they go like this? And so my car wasn't that far away. And so I'm like, I, I'm not, I am not paying a thousand bucks for this. And so, so I started doing this thing right here and then pushing with my good leg. And it's like, I'm, I'm dragging this, this, this thing there. And I actually, I open the car door. I, I get myself into the, into the back seat, right? And so then I'm like, Debbie, Debbie, take me to the hospital. Well, and you know, you know, when trauma, any kind of trauma happens, you, you're not, you're, you're not thinking hundred percent, right? Well, Debbie's like, Debbie, because I told her, I go, I go, my, my foot's broken. I said, I said, take me to the hospital. And she's like, I can't, I'm babysitting, Liam. <laughs> very insensitive, don't you think, Pastor Marquise? Very insensitive sometimes. Um, uh-huh. And like so many other men, it's so insensitive. Well, sometimes, you know, I'm just saying, just saying. And uh, Debbie's like, I'm, I'm, I'm babysitting. And in my head, it's like, well, did Flop him on the front seat and just let's go, you know, you can. And it's like, obviously Debbie didn't mean like, because I, in my head I'm thinking that Justin's gonna be preaching at that thing. That, thing, that, that service is gonna last two hours. And I'm thinking, I'm just imagining myself in the back seat of this car, just waiting around for two hours until Justin gets back. Oh, now I can, okay. Now what did you need, honey? You know, I was like, that's, that's what I was. Uh, and uh, so obviously she didn't, uh, she didn't mean that. She just, man, I, 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 have to, I have to resolve this. She, she got on the phone. Uh, luckily, I, we, we had a great doctor that, um, that enjoyed causing me too much pain. Like he had to straighten out. They had to I'll realign the bones. And then my ankle had also come out of the, it was down here. And, and so they kind of pushed that. And it's really funny. And it's like a bang. It's like, oh, it's okay now. So. So that's where I'm at. Just got a few more days of this thing. And good morning. Yeah. Woo. I've been, um, I've been praying about this word for uh, 25 minutes or so. Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> feeling just really strong a word for you guys uh, this morning. I want to I wanna open up. A piece of my heart. You guys, you guys are family. Like I, I joke about it, but and when I, we get an opportunity to share, it's like the Christian life has been a very challenging thing for me my whole life. I, I, I don't know if you've ever felt like you just didn't fit into a church, and it's like I just kind of felt that my whole life, man. When I, I love the dynamic and the liveliness of a Pentecostal church. I just didn't understand the tongue thing very well. And it was hard for me. And, and even as kids, uh, uh, we, would, we would pretend that we would speak different languages, you know, as kids. And we'd say, oh, uh, let's speak German. That's so funny. And it's like, let's speak this language and that language. And we used to do that as kids. And then I get, I get uh, people talking to, us, uh, talking to me about the Holy Spirit and speaking in a heavenly language and things like that. And I felt horrible because it was like, this is hard for me to grasp. How do I know that I'm not making that up? And, and how do I know that that's real? And, and, and things like that. I, I, I wrestled 
uh, intently and sometimes for a lot of time over different issues in the, in, the, in the Christian life. And I just felt like I always never just fit in well. And I felt like, well, God, do something in me. And I kind of felt like if I got that baptism of the Holy Spirit, then I'd just, I'd just fit and I wouldn't be this, this oddball. And sometimes I wonder if God didn't allow me to to struggle with different areas, struggle in the sense of it was being hard for me, so that I could, because there might be some of you out there, some of you online uh, uh, out there that struggle in the same way. And a devotional life was that for me. I wanna show, I wanna show the, the verse that we're, I wanna uh, speak on today. Uh, John, John 10, 27 says this. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Just in the Gospels alone, this, this phrase, follow me, is said more than 13 times. So it's obvious this is kind of this kind of important thing. Jesus said, follow me. And, and, and this is where I go back to, I just think different. Like, what does that mean to follow me? We got 300 people, 300 different things of what follow me means, doesn't it? It's like, for some, follow me means going to church once a month. For some, it means go to church every single service, and if I don't, I'm going to hell, and I'm worried about that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and who is right when we talk about what does it mean to follow me? And whereas before, I used to beat myself up a little bit by asking these kind of questions. I, the longer that I have matured in Christ, the more I understand that it is only through the questioning that we can get to the truth. And so it's like, so often we think, okay, what are the questions, predestination, or, or uh, uh, what's gonna happen in times, and think these, these heavy issues. But what about something so simple as two simple words that say, follow me? What does that mean when he says it? When Jesus is saying it 13 times, and I have learned that the more I have incorporated questions into my devotional life, it ended up not being a negative thing, but ended up being a positive thing and a healthy thing for me. So today, what I want to do is in some kind of a form, bring all of you into my devotional life and how I approach uh, 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 my devotions. And I, I'm sorry for you people that are really organize and you would do a devotion from this time to this time and, it, and you're consistent and it's easy for you and it's just like I, I'm I'm mostly speaking to to those that that have that thing of I have a lot of questions I don't know what to do with it and I want to say today I want to give you the, the answer keep asking questions and ask more questions even on the simple things as what does follow me mean and not just what does it mean to you because we could be wrong right but what does it mean when God says it, when the, the very lips of Jesus uttered those two words together and he said, follow me, what does that mean? Because even just, and, and, and even together we know, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Okay, so there's a facet of follow me that makes us fishers of men. Follow me and take up your... I know he says, take up your cross, and I, I just didn't know how to say it. Uh, uh, take up your cross and follow me. So what does he mean by that? So it's like, am I a fisherman or am I a cross taker upper? And what does that mean to take up a cross and, and, and all those kinds of, you know, kinds of things. So, 
So let me show you this uh, next picture. This is a, a picture of my, where I do devotions. And I, I had listened to a pastor one time and he talked about the importance of finding a chair. Find a chair and do your devotions in that chair. Let that be your sacred spot. And so it was like, I, because I, I hadn't had enough victory in this, in this area, I thought, you know what, uh, I, it's easier for me to find a chair than to find just the right time every single day and this and that. So uh, this was my chair. This is on our, our deck in our, at our house, and I, I found a chair. And then I have, a, I have a, to do devotions, I have a physical Bible, a paper Bible, and it's like, no problem if it's, if it's digital. There's just something for me personally about that physical Bible. There's something about me that I write, my, I write notes, I, I, I underline Bible verses and things like that. And so what happens is the Word of God makes a deeper connection to me because it's a different kind of a book than me. I treat it differently. And, be, and that has helped me uh, uh, a lot. When I'm travel, I, I have my Bible on my phone, and and it, it's all there. But I notice even if I try to highlight things, it's just not. It doesn't. It's not as meaningful for me. And that's so. I use that, and then I always have a cup of coffee. And it's like, I'm sorry if if you're a tea lover, just replace the tea, uh, replace it for tea. If you like hot water, do your thing. Uh, uh, I'll pray for you because it's it, it's just not the same. And then I was like, well, okay, I'm going to go through the Bible in one year. And I, I did that. And have you ever read the book, like even when you're in, in, in university or college, and, and it's like, read this book, and you're just reading a whole bunch, and you, you actually read all the, the, the words, but you really didn't get much from it? Yeah. I remember reading a, a quote from Spurgeon. He says, I would rather my students soak in one Bible verse a day than to just blow through three chapters, four chapters. And I was like, I want that. I want to marinate in the truth that God has for me today. Because as I do that, I am reading prophetically. I'm reading for what God has for me in that day. And what I found was a chapter is, is about it. And if I have extra time, I'll read the full chapter. So today, I, I have entitled this, uh, this thing. Go ahead and go to the next. Uh, following Jesus with a chair, a chapter and a coffee every day. And the reason I have the coffee is like, like for me, I'm just not, I, I'm not that kind of person that is like 30 minutes. 30 minutes is the magical time. Oh, an hour is it, could you not tarry with me one hour? That's, that means you have to pray and read your Bible and everything for one hour and that's the magic number. Like I was always searching for that magic number. For me, this works for me. I find my chair, I read a chapter, and you know what? If I'm not, let, if I'm not feeling like reading like that, I'll do that. Put your finger in the book and, and, and go, okay, and that's the chapter I read. You know, it's like, Holy Spirit can't do that? Of course he can. So, you know, it's like, let's, sometimes it's just like, I'm just kind of tired of, of doing that. Maybe that tiredness is not you being defective. Maybe that tiredness is the Holy Spirit saying, put your stinking finger in the middle of the book and I'll show you, you know? It's like sometimes it's there and sometimes it's just uh, the pizza you had the day before that, that got you to do that. Oh, there's, there's that verse. I love this verse because I'm just, I'm just kind of one of those guys. I want to know how to be prosperous and successful. And I know we need to follow Jesus and all that stuff for who he is and this and that. And in first place, that's where it is. But 
you know, if you can be prosperous and successful at the same time, why not do that too, right? And so it's like, I, I love this verse because it says, I'm going to give you the key of how to be prosperous and successful. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, always on your lips. Meditate it, meditate on it day and night. And it's like, it was kind of the element that I was doing. I wasn't meditating. I was reading the prescribed uh, a a number of, of chapters to go through the Bible. And I wasn't meditating and just thinking about what it is that God wants to speak through his holy word to me today. So that you may be what? Careful to do everything in, written in it. And so that meditation is not just that tingly feeling that I get like of emotion that, man, the Holy Spirit is ministering to me now. It's like there are moments like that. But there are moments that are more dry and dry in the sense of you may not be feeling the tingles. You may be going through the struggle and that discipline of day and night and, 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 and meditating on those things is what will take you to the tingles if that's your thing. And so I want to I want to take all of you to my deck this morning. I'm going to show you, I'm not going to take the full chapter just, just to, uh, because it would take too much time, but I'm going to take a, a two-thirds of a chapter and show you this, this, this way that I, that I read a Bible verse. Go ahead and go to the, so I'm going, to, I'm going to read this really quick because this is how I used to do it, John 2, 1 through 11. On the third day, and we're going to talk about this story today, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana de Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, Jesus replied my hour has not yet come. So that's kind of interesting. His mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby st uh, stood six uh, stone water jars, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though his servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called to the bridegroom, uh, then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings the choice, the best wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you save the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana Galilee was the first of the signs to which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed him in, in him. And then I would close my Bible and it was like, Lord bless the reading of the word today. And, and you know, I, I, I say it a little bit joking, but it, it, it's like, I, I, I didn't know what you're supposed to do, but I, I knew somehow the word's not gonna return void. Somehow this is gonna minister to me. And I'm not saying that it doesn't, but I wanna show you uh, uh, my, my, my thing. So, so enter with me on, on my deck here. And this is how I look at the Bible now. I don't, so I see my chapter, but I want to take it morsel by morsel because I'm not in a hurry because I have to finish my coffee. I won't finish my devotions until I finish my coffee. So it's like if I'm in a hurry that day, I try to make the coffee less hot and I try to drink it more fast, fa faster. And, 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 so, and so, you know, it's just kind of my thing. So this is how I see, and what we're going to do is I'm going I'm to take you through just five little clips, one by one, and this is how I apply the Word of God to my life. It's interesting because in, in, in uh, James, it says, it says don't, don't be just hearers of the Word, 
but doers of the word, because if you're hearers only, you deceive yourself. And man, it's like, I don't, I don't want to be deceived. And de the worst thing about deception is when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived because you're deceived, right? And I don't want that. And so how do you not be deceived when you're deceived and you don't know that you're deceived? The thing is, is try to be less deceived when you're deceived. That's not the, the answer. The, the, the answer is what? Be doers of the word and not hearers only. So in that, we're not deceiving ourselves. Because at the end of our life, wouldn't that be a terrible thing to be so self-deceived that we, we feel so empty because of that deception? And so I read this and I say, on the third day of wedding took place at Cana Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And so what I do is I'm reading that and I start thinking, okay, what are the questions that I can ask myself about this? I can, I can Google the, the answer right then and there, or I can just kind of meditate on this. And just to kind of create a flow, I'll show you what I think is, I, I, I was thinking about that and I was thinking, wait a minute, do you notice something missing from this phrase? Anybody? It's missing, whose wedding is it? So Jesus, Jesus is there. His disciples are there, his family's there, his mom's got this prominent place in there. Whose wedding is it? I'll give you the answer, no one knows. <laughs> no one knows. There's a lot of people that want to tell you they know, but they don't, it's not, it's not there. Okay, so the Bible doesn't say about it. So what? And this is where I want to get it. Be doers of the word. In other words, let's, let's use the word. I need to apply the word in some form to my life and to my day. And so I'm reading this, and so this is what, this is what I come up with. Go ahead and go there. Go there. It's curious that we don't know who the wedding is. So it's like, God, help me to keep my focus to be the Savior and not the ceremony. And I started thinking about that, and I was thinking about, I, we do a lot of weddings and this and that, and I, there's always something so special about a wedding where you felt like it was a church service, like, like there was a presence of God in that place. And even as pastors, sometimes we just kind of try to, like, why was that one? Why did we feel more of the presence of God than, than maybe a different one and this and that? And I think it has to do something with that. Help me to be more focused on the Savior than the ceremony. And it's like, isn't that, our, I, 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 I think about that. And I don't think about a, a, a theological application. I'm thinking about a personal application. God, what kind of ceremonies am I, am I practicing in? Do I, do I just go to the ceremony of a church service just because I feel from my past that I'm, I'm, I'm not being a good Christian if I don't go? Or am I going there to meet with the Savior in the context of other people that are trying to meet with the Savior, in, in, in the context of a fellowship that, 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 that exists? And when I do that, I'm doing what? I'm applying. I'm not being a hero only, but I'm applying the Word of God. Let's go to the next phrase. When the wine was gone... Go to the next slide. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, why, oh, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. Now, I'm, I'm reading this, and I'm showing this kind of like this because this is how I'm reading my chapter now. That's the verse that's sticking out, that's, that's, that's coming out to me. And I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. Jesus says this, my hour has not yet come. 
And the, the, the mom just says, says, okay, good, good, servants, do what he tells you to do because we're, we're going to go forward with this thing, even though his hour is not good, come. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I don't know, am I the only one who thinks this is like, oh, that lady was one bold lady. I was like, yeah, I'm just ignoring the word of God right now. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, I, he thinks he knows what he, what's, what he should do, but I really do, you know, it sounds like my mom, you know, it's like. And so I'm looking at that and I'm saying, there's a truth in that, right? And not just there is a theological truth in that, there's a truth for me today. And so this is, this is, what, I, this is what I drew from that. Next slide. God, help me to be a facilitator of miracles. It's like, what if, what if Jesus' mom would have just gone, oh man, okay, guess, you know, I know you guys enjoy wine, but you know what? The pastor said it's not a really good thing, and so we're going to go with water for the rest of this wedding. You know, it's just more healthy for you, and, and it's like, you know, I mean, she could have said that. Sorry, guys. I, I know, like, when we do youth events and stuff, when the Coke's all gone, it's like, eh, there's tap water, you know? It's like, it's kind of this, the normal thing, and, and people pretty much understand that. But she did not stop there. It's almost like she had that holy boldness that Holy Ghost inspiration that she felt like she could push it further. And it's, it, I think, and then I start connecting other verses in the Bible when, when, when Jesus says this crazy, very rude thing, hey, why should I give you, uh, give bread to the dogs, you know? And it's like, oh my goodness, did he just say that? And then her attitude in a, in a way that uh, 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 when he says that, the, the attitude of that, that amazing woman was, well, even the dogs need you know, something to eat. And it was then that the miracle came. Right. I want to be a facilitator of miracles. And it's like when somebody's saying, hey, pray for me, uh, you know, I got this thing. I don't know about you. I, I don't know, maybe your, your personality's like, right then, let's just pray right now. Okay, let's speak in tongues together for, you know, two minutes and then let's just go for this. Read a chapter a day too. That, you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm always, my family, I'm, I'm always, I don't want to be the weird Christian guy in my family, you know? And it's like, I want to be the, the, the real Christian guy in my family. And it's like, and so my tendency is to go, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you, brother. Yeah, for, for sure, you know? And it's like, and then I walk away. And it's not like I, I'm just, oh, I'm not really praying for him. We, we know what that means. I'll pray for you. Yeah, you know? It's like. I, I, it's, it's not that, it's just I don't want to be weird. But we have to, I have to find my place to where I'm not being too weird, but I'm a facilitator of miracles. And so I, I, my prayer for that day as I'm reading my chapter, I'm saying, God, help me to stretch a little bit. Help me to be that facilitator of miracles. I remember talking to Pastor Bob McGregor, he shared here, and I asked him, when was the first time you prophesied? And he goes, you know, it's crazy. When I prophesied the first time, I was praying for this gift. I was, I was new to this thing. And he said, I, I was like, God, give me a prophetic word. And he says, I was in the grocery store and I was in line. And God spoke to me and he got, God told me, tell the checkout lady, God loves you. And he's like, no, God, he's sweating. You know, I mean, as you can imagine, you know, your first time trying to step out. He goes, no, I'm talking about your name is Carol. And, uh, you know, you've got four kids and the fifth one really isn't yours. It's, you know, it's like, it's like that's what he was kind of wanting, you know, and, and you get it. Like, I want that too, right? 
But, and he's praying, God, give me more. And the line's getting shorter and shorter. And he says, just tell her that, that Jesus loves you, which is corny. Like, like for us wanting to move out in the prophetic, it's like, oh, there's somebody here with a headache. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, there is one. Boy, he's really got a connection there. You know, it's like a back problem. Oh, yeah, there's one too. You know, it's like, it's like so, so Pastor Bob's getting closer and closer. He's telling me this story. And he goes to the lady and he says, look, I'm kind of new at this thing. God spoke to me. And he told me to tell you that he loves you. He said, immediately, the lady started crying and, and started, you know that weeping where you, le, le, you cr- weep from your soul? And she's going, <gasps> and the manager came over, had to close out the, the, the thing, takes the lady away, and, and he's just going, what'd I do? You know, my, my first word and I screwed it up already, you know? <laughs> He goes, he goes and sits with her, and she, after, after she calms down, she says, I'd made a decision to commit suicide today. I'm one of those kind of people that when I decide to do something, I do it. I have all the stuff waiting for me for when I finish my shift. I had this shift. It's my last shift. Didn't want to leave my, my boss in the lurch. And so I decided that to do this today after I got, I got, off, got off my shift, but I told, because I, I, I'm still scared and there's still that thing. And I told, I just made a prayer to an unknown God and said, if you love me, I want you to tell me that today. Do you see the beauty of those two things working together? Us listening to a prophetic, uh, listening to prophetic meaning, what does God want to say in this moment? That we can do this. We see uh, this is a very prophetic church. This is a church that brings in very people who are just dialed in and, and, and have a gift, prophets. But you know what? We're all called to give that word while it's still called today. God, help me to be a facilitator of miracles. Help me to be a facilitator of your word to somebody today. Next. Nearby stood six stone water jars. Each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Okay, let's stop there. What's a good question that we can ask in our devotional time once we just read that part right there? Somebody help me. A real obvious one. What are they for? What are they for? And, 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 some, and, and the thing, it says they're for, they were used for ceremonial uh, things, you know, spiritual purposes. How much do you think a stone water jar weighs empty? Am I the only one that thinks this stuff I'm reading? And when I remember when I read that first, that first chapter, did you see how we just skipped over all these parts? And it's like, as I'm, as I'm, as I'm doing this right here, I'm thinking, okay, that, that's going to be pretty heavy. And then they fill them up with water up 20 to 30 gallons. I, I did some research to see what that is. I, I think I wrote it. Oh, and then Jesus said to the servants, he said, fill the jars with water. And look at this kind of a servant. So they filled them to the brim. Isn't that beautiful? Like, God, I want to be a servant like that because you know what? Everything in me, I'm like, oh, I got to carry these stone water jars. Why do they make them out of stone anyway? Isn't there aluminum around here? Is that, you know, wish they'd invent aluminum because it'd be a lot lighter, you know? It's like, I, like, I don't know what's going in their minds, but I'm thinking, okay, there's got to be a material that's a little lighter than a stone water jar, right? And then I'm thinking, okay, that's already, they're asking an awful lot from me. My boss is sure asking an awful lot of me. And okay, he told me to fill it up with water. At that moment, 
It decides, you decide, what kind of servant am I going to be? Am I going to be that servant that, okay, I filled it up with water. You know, it's like a little more than halfway. So, you know, somebody can't say you just filled it halfway. I just filled it up this much because the more you fill it, the heavier it's going to be. But this was the kind of servant, and I, I believe that even prophetically, <clears throat> on that day that I was going through this, I'm thinking, this is the kind of servant God's wanting me to be. When I'm at my job, am I, am I, a, am I a, a, a worker, functionality or whatever that is, worker, worker, that, that, that you know, kind of does the minimum to not get fired? Or I'm, am I today, I'm the fill the jar to the brim kind of guy. <clears throat> and in that, there was more wine that was given to more people. <laughs> go ahead and go to the next slide. God, help me to always serve with intensity. Because it's easy for us to just kind of get in the, the motions of service. Even the longer, it's, it's really interesting, the longer you serve, sometimes what happens is that joy of your salvation, that joy of service when you first get saved, and the, you're at everything, you're coming early, and this and that. And then after a long time of kind of serving, sometimes in the same area, you kind of just say, eh, well, I'm just serving the Lord. And, you know, it's like, it's like, and I don't want to be that, but it's easy for me to be that. It's like, let me serve with intensity. 250 pounds, I, I looked it up to how much, how much uh, 20 to 30 gallons is. Uh, uh, it's 200, uh, 250 pounds of wine, plus the jar, the weight of the jar. It's like, uh, did they have forklifts in this time? I mean, it's like, hey. <laughs> so uh, anyways, just kind of things. Okay, next. Then he told them to draw some, take it out, uh, uh, and show the master the ceremony. So the master ceremony had no idea what's going on. He did not realize where it'd come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Go ahead and go to the next slide because I love this one because God, help me to appreciate the privilege of being part of the army of the anonymous or the unnamed. Because so often we're the ones that participate in the miracle. When some of the other people that they may be in charge, they may have the title, they may, they, everybody might know that they, they're, they may be up here. But it's like, if you look through the Bible, how often God reveals himself, yes, to kings, but also to shepherds. And it wasn't like, okay, call all the pastors in MFI, you know, because we're going to reveal the coming of the Lord. You know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that, right? It was just like, it was like, it was like okay, uh, uh, God put it in the hearts of even shepherds being there. And there's just something about us that serve and, and, and serve with that intensity that we're part of the miracle in a way that sometimes even some of the others aren't. And I was like, God, help me to love being part of that army of the anonymous, that those unnamed, those unnamed servants that, that never become famous. And the last, the last phrase, what did Jesus do? Uh, what Jesus did here, go ahead and go to the next slide. What Jesus did here in Cana uh, uh, was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. And I was reading that and I was just going, God, you know, that seemed like he just kind of summoned that up. And I was just thinking about and I was thinking, you know what? It's kind of interesting. He doesn't say this is the first of the miracles. He says this is the first of the signs. And I, was, I just later on just kind of checked, checked that out. And, and it was true. And it's, it's interesting because so often when we're, when we're seeking our miracle, right? It's all about us and the suffering, right? 
God, I got this situation. It's like, I, uh, I do a miracle in my life, and there's a place for that. But it seems like there's this more elevated place when our miracle is also a sign that points to Jesus. And it's like, as I'm doing my devotion in my chapter and my chair and, and my coffee is almost, almost ending, I'm thinking, God, I want my life to be a sign. I want the things, the miracles in my life to be a sign that point to you. And then he ends it by saying, which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. And it's like, Jesus, reveal your glory in me. Isn't that, isn't that down deep what we all want? And as we go through the Bible in this kind of a way, do you see how we, we partake of the Bible in a deeper way? And when we partake deeper, we reveal it deeper also and more, and more profoundly to those around us. Because why? What's happening is it's, it's an overflow. And then what happens is as we follow Christ, people want to follow us as we follow Christ. And isn't that the, one of the greatest privileges of our lives? I just go ahead and stand up this morning. I want to I want to pray for you. It's kind of just one of those practical words, put into practice words and and I want to ask you if you do, do a favor from a family member to another family member. I want to ask you if you would, you would uh, uh, agree with me to make a commitment to tomorrow, tonight, figure out where your chair is going to be. And tomorrow, try this. Make your hot beverage, whatever it is. If you get like a bubble tea, it's even better because they're usually bigger. It's like whatever it is that you're drinking, go ahead and do that thing and sit in that chair. And when you read the Bible, let each verse stick out to you. And before you do that, just, just prepare your heart in this way and you just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, help me with the, the questions that I have in your word. And help me to see things that I need to apply for my day today. And you know what happens as we do that daily? We don't remember every single thing that God said every single day of the week. But after a week, there's three or four things that we understand that we need to carry on to week number two. And then sometimes after a couple months, there's, there's things that we realize that we needed to take care of and apply to our lives in, the, in those moments. And as we do... It's really interesting. Those truths kind of stay in a special place and God reveals new things. God is always trying to reveal something new to each and every one of us. And if we'll set the time and we'll, we'll, we'll seek it out, he's gonna give it to us. Father, I pray for every single person in this room today. I pray for everyone online, Father. I pray for Teresa, Susie, Husha, Christina, Everyone that's here, Father, that is our family, literally. And I pray, Father, help us all to find a place, a quiet place, a secret place that we can commune with you, you can commune with us and speak to our hearts, not just to give us tinglys and, and, and uh, goosebumps, 
but also to where we sense that deep calling that we're to represent Christ to a hurting culture that need you and in need to experience your love. Help us to be that conduit for that. I pray, Father, that tomorrow, as, as those who seek their, their, this secret place, I pray that you would reveal your word, that you would anoint their finger if they're picking a chapter, that you would, that, that you would, you would bless that, that, that reading program that they're already in, so that when they, when they read, the, the verses would stick out and that they would speak deeply to them in a personal way. Their lives would be changed to become imitators of you. I pray a blessing. I pray protection. God, in this time of COVID and, and so much going on, I pray a protection over the families. I pray, Father, help us in this, in this critical time. Reveal areas in our lives that, that we probably need to work on and, and strengthen so that we would have strong families, strong marriages, strong relationships with our kids, strong relationships with our parents. And I pray, Father, that people would look at our lives, that we wouldn't be weird, but they would see us as people to go to, to get a fresh word from God. Father, thank you for this in your precious name. Amen. God bless you.